Welcome everyone to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Cody Klein. And my name is Shelby DeLay. And we want to thank you for joining us today. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Dr. Tandi Danyani, Director of Global Education at Belmont, and discussing whether or not a college student's study abroad experience is a worthwhile investment and what your college student might leave the experience with for better or for worse. So let's dive in. Welcome, Dr. Danani, to the College Parent Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here with you all today. First, let's start off with just why people should go on semester abroad and what are some of the stories that students come away with, whether they love it or hate it. Yeah, well, I think it's, well, thanks. I'm so glad to hear that you both had experiences as well, because then it also just adds credibility, but you understand um, what our students go through. Um, And so... Yes, we hear both. We Typically, we hear numerous stories of how students loved it, how it changes their perspective, how they think different, they see the world different. And sometimes it is just those monumental things that they've heard about in all these different countries. In China, it's the Great Wall, you know, and just you've heard it, you've seen it in books, but to actually touch it, see it, walk it. Um, I've also been to China and have walked the Great Wall, and it just was, oh my gosh, these things are real. So sometimes it's just that experience for a student. Um, they've read about it in books, um, they've watched movies, and now they get to actually experience. And that experience, in the, even in and of itself, is monumental. Um, like normal, though, we do see students that have tough times abroad, you know, is that it's the natural cultural shock and the natural curves, ups and downs, just like when they're on campus. So a lot of times we explain to students is the same things you're going to have on campus, It's the same things you're going to experience abroad. You get here your first semester, and in that first couple weeks, you love your roommate. You love everything about your institution. You love it all. At a month in, you know, those things start to kick in, and you start to realize, my roommate actually snores. (laughs) And it was cute the first week. It's no longer cute. Well, those same things happen overseas. You start to miss home. You start to see things. And those things about the culture that were great start to actually rub on you and frustrate you. Um, By the second month, third month, and you start to get normal, and it starts to normalize, and you start to feel a little better and start to see it from other perspectives. And you really start to see there's no, it's even though it's different from my experience at home, it's just as valid of an experience. By the end, then you typically tend to equal, um, equalize you, it, it starts to make sense and you actually start to function in that other culture. So by then, um, mostly students actually are fine to stay and then they start missing the fact and they start grieving the fact that they're going to be leaving that country and headed home. So while we do see the ups and downs and while we do see good stories and bad stories, we tend to really um, gauge it from the aspect of what part in the experience are they in? (laughs) Okay, it's natural. So when we start to get emails from students overseas a month in that they're frustrated or they're, you know, this or that is going wrong, we then help them really understand this is normal. What you're feeling is normal. All these things are normal. Um, And then really help them in a sense to start to lean back in again. We know that study abroad experiences can cost a decent amount of money. Could you outline those costs for us, where the money goes, and other things that parents and students might want to save up for whenever they're preparing to study abroad? So for us is that, and this one, I'm really going to speak a little bit more to the Belmont experience, but in that is that, um, so you do have your tuition, you have airfare, you have meals. A lot of times when I'm talking with parents about what to think about is the same things that they would have here on wherever they're going to school, but the same things is you've got room 
and you've got board. Those become your key things. And then your transportation, your transportation to the school that you're going to, and same thing for overseas. And then your daily transportation, whether you're commuting, anything else you've got to think about, um, your regular things that you would do. If you're a student here, you're ne- you're naturally going to need a certain amount of money for toiletries, for food, for um, just your regular upkeep, your books, all those things. So when you take a, when you think into studying overseas, all those same things apply. And then you've got transportation on top of that um, to get to that location. Normally, it's an airfare. And so then how much that airfare will cost to be there. Um, Then I always tell people is wherever you're going, especially if you're headed towards the West, in a sense, it's going to become a little more pricey for those food. So the pound is much stronger than the dollar. You've got to think about um, for every dollar here. I tell students, think about every dollar here that you naturally spend. Think about two dollars there. Um, then just like here is on their breaks, things like that, they're going to travel. They're going to want to see things. They're going to go home or with friends. Same thing overseas. If you're looking at Europe, which is mostly where most of our students do go, um, they're, they're, it's just natural that they're going to take a cheap flight over to Italy or over to Spain or wherever else. Take advantage of it. We want them to. So roughly, um, one thing is that I tell parents a lot is when, and I'm actually mostly parents age, um, And so I'm like, "Mm, yeah, we're actually the same age. I just have a young spirit to me. But with that is when we went to school, these things were so astronomical. They were actually outside of most of our ranges um, and they were just so unaffordable. Whereas here, because when you take into account how much they're paying tuition, housing, meal, room and board, all of those things, it's actually very comparable to going overseas, including that airfare and everything else. So it really is something that we try to educate students early and their parents early. It's actually very affordable. And then we work with them to fit it into their academics. That's so awesome to hear that semester broads are actually quite affordable, even when considering all the different costs that go into that and how that can actually be very comparable to what they pay during the year for a semester while they're at home. But as we move forward, what else is a student committing to when they sign up for a semester abroad? What, what other commitments are there, such as like interpersonal, academic, individual commitments that they might have to be ready for when going on a semester abroad? Yeah. Well, really, it's each student, um, and just like here, again, is um, I'm a huge student affairs person, by the way. So my background is student affairs. Um, and so with that is we recognize is that they are, if you think about chickering, you think about tons of the different student development types of theories and things like that, all students are growing interpersonally financially, um, um, emotionally, um, relationally. And so in all those things, then we really are helping students grow in all those areas. So interpersonally, not only are they learning how to communicate effectively, and actually, firstly, is identify how they feel, (laughs) then communicate those feelings, um, then they're actually now having to take into another culture is, okay, how do I communicate this to someone that may speak different or it may have a different connotation than back in the States? In London, one of my favorite things is, um, I, so I used to live abroad in London for over a year, and they the natural thing that they say, anyone says is, you're all right, you know, and you're like, I'm all right. Why do they keep asking me if I'm all right? I'm all right. Do I not look all right? Um, and finally, it took me like a month or two to realize, oh, that's the same thing as if we say, what's up, you know, or hey, how's it going? Um, and I just kept thinking for the longest time, why do I not look all right? Um, but as our students are growing all these things, it's that commitment is will you lean in 
uh, to the experience. Lean into the growth that's right there in front of you, and it's an opportunity to develop and grow further. The neat thing about it is when students actually do lean in and learn independence, learn how to navigate. I think one of my favorite stories is I had one who um, England has right now changed in a sense how you um, come into the country. So they used to have you'd stop, they'd stamp your passport, everything else. Well, now they have e-gates. So you pretty much slip your thing down, it scans, and then you're, you're allowed into the country. For study abroad students, they cannot go through the e-gate because they actually need that stamp on their passport. So we have, you know, the first round when England added all those things in. Students just, they were jet lagged. They were just following the crowd and went straight through the e-gates. Um, and so one, by the time she got to her location and they just were like, ah, oh, you did it wrong. You're actually going to have to leave the country and re-enter again. And it just was so massive in her mind of like, oh my gosh, I got to leave. So the first thing she thought is, I have to go all the way back to the US, you know? And so she calls her mother just crying of like, I have to come back to the US because I did it wrong, you know? And so of course, our the mom called us, you know, and was like, what? You know, if she's leaving and coming back, she's not getting back on another flight. She's staying home. My baby is crying and she's ticked and everything. And it really, fortunately, I happened to be in England at the same time, roughly around 15 minutes from where her daughter was staying. And it was, I called her that evening and I knew the condition she was in. It just is travel. It's in a, And it was the first time she had left home. So it just was hang in there, you know, and was like, okay, here's what I want you to do. Put a water next to your bed and a granola bar because you're going to wake up in a couple hours, completely jet lagged in the middle of the night and you're going to be hungry. <laughs> so I want you to just go to bed. It's all going to be better in the morning, <laughs> I promise. And if it's not, we will work with you to fly home if it really is too much of an experience. But really it was. And then I talked to mom. Okay, this is the conversation we had. She's just extremely exhausted, overwhelmed. We'll figure it out tomorrow. I'll see her in the morning and we'll grab breakfast. I'm going to look her in the eyes and we'll then talk, you know, it is just let her see. And so with that by morning, you know, she woke up and it just was, I'm in London. Oh my gosh. So we had a good breakfast and then we actually just started to say, okay, this is really what it means. We just need to leave and helping her understand we under, we get it. It's just a simple mistake. Tons of people are making this mistake. You are not the only one. And all it takes is let's do a quick flight, a 50 buck flight to Paris and then we get to go to a different country for a day, you know, <laughs> you get to go to the Eiffel Tower, let's turn it into an amazing experience. And then the next time you come back in, don't go through that E-gate. You know? <laughs> and if someone directs you towards the E-gate, put up, I'm a student <laughs> and I'm supposed to do something different. Well, with that is, as we navigated all those pieces, I even went back to the airport with her again. And as she then, she, as she grew in confidence to just go, I can do this. You know, I can do this by myself. You actually don't need to go with me. I'm okay. I got it. And so she hopped the flight, you know, took a taxi, did her selfies in Paris, uh, all of it. Um, and literally all I said is, totally do me a favor, send me a selfie. I want to see you in front of the Eiffel Tower. And as she came back, you know, she totally did all her cute pics. Um, mom was happy. She was happy. But as the biggest piece of that is she's like, I never knew I could do that on my own. So are they committing? Yes, there are going to be bumps. There are going to be things. But it is that as they come home, we see our students different. Um, they are. They're much more mature. They navigate things differently. Can't tell you how many times students are just like, the things that were so important before, 
I left are now somewhat trivial, you know, <laughs> and there's just a different maturity overseas, you know, actually around the world um, is we are like others. We are, we love our American experience, but how do we grow? So I think that's really where hopefully that answers your question. Cody is just some of the things that they're committed to. Have I missed anything? No, Tandy, you didn't miss a thing. Uh, it's just crazy how all these little commitments that we make by going on semester abroad can actually like lead to life changing experiences throughout the whole thing. I know for me, the person that got on the plane to go on my semester abroad was not the same person who came back to the States. It's being overseas and being in those environments and committing to those experiences truly can change a person for the better. Yeah, I would say that I agree with a lot of those things as well. My experience studying abroad was a little bit different in that I studied abroad with 15 other students that were from my institution. So while we were abroad, we lived together and took classes together. But then when we transitioned back into the United States, we also were still living together and learning together. And so it was really cool to not only experience my own growth, but be able to witness that in other people as well. Um, we'll move on to our next question, but what are some reasons why a student should choose to study abroad? And then kind of on the flip side of that, what are reasons that they maybe should not choose to do a study abroad? Well, I am, obviously, I am going to always say everyone should study abroad. <laughs> And why? The thing is that um, one thing I love is when students actually just it expands their, their perspective is they never thought about things from a different perspective. Um, and so as we help them see from multiple perspectives, it actually just increases their ability in any job market. Um, it increases their ability even once they return and still take classes. It almost is an exercise. And it's, if you think about like almost a muscle is you exercise the muscle of multiple perspectives. And so when we're in a class here in the States is that, yes, typically we may have different views um, socioeconomically. We may have different views politically, you know, um, and even regionally coming from the West Coast or the East Coast or the North or the South. So those are already going to naturally, but yet we all still think as Americans, you know, we really do. And there, and sometimes we don't even know what being American is. And that becomes one of the key things that I love for students is in the States, other parts of our identities um, take the forefront in a sense. So we may think I'm, you know, female, male, I'm a Christian, I'm non-Christian, I'm this, I'm that. But we never think about our Americanness until we actually leave America. And until we actually look at others and we realize, oh, this is what it means to be American. Not always bad sometimes really great. There's good things about it. And there's, there's no negatives. We are so stinking loud. Um, and it is stinking awesome. I love that Americans, we have a fantastic stinking time um, doing everything. But yet, it's the only until we leave it that we realize our volume really is different <laughs> from other people. We don't realize our humor is different until we actually leave it. And then we think, oh, Humor is actually different. We don't realize some of the things that we hold dear. We don't realize the things that we do hold dear until other, we are around others that don't hold those same things dear and they hold other things dear. So for even for American students to recognize um, who their, what their identity is, um, how then they operate in the world, what their global um, citizenship is and what it means to be a global citizen, what responsibilities we have, all those things matter and actually help them grow. So 
do I believe everyone should study abroad? They should. And even just for their academic perspectives to just see, hmm, chemistry is actually done differently in this state. Um, or math or history or different things, understanding different perspectives, even on history, you know, and wars. And it's like, oh, that's how you see that that war happened? Um, <laughs> we were taught this way that the war happened um, and or whatever. You can put anything in that fill in the blank. Um, then are there students that should not study abroad? Sometimes it is not financially feasible. It's tough, but it is reality. Sometimes it's not financially feasible. Then I, we really want to direct students to say, okay, sometimes it may be a volunteer program, a service learning, a mission trip. Um, and or if you're transferring in and there just are not courses available anymore for what you need before graduation, there are times when I'm like, you're in your last year. There is no more space. We understand it. You want to move on to the next and you want to get to grad school. So instead, why don't you just finish to have a fantastic graduation trip <laughs> for a whole lot cheaper and just go for a week, spend around 1500 bucks with your friends, all of you celebrate and then come home and move on to grad school. So there are times when yeah, it doesn't work for every single student. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for all that insight into that. What would you want to ultimately say to parents who are trying to help their student decide if they want to do a semester abroad? Yeah, I would say come into our office early. It really becomes key because if students actually come in in their freshman year and whether they come in, whether they look at our website, whether we can set up Zoom calls, we set up phone calls, students can walk in and set up an appointment. But it really becomes important that we start talking to them early in that first year here. Because then we can actually help them understand how they can plan out their four years. Um, we can hear if they want to get involved on campus, if they want to even go and do internships. All those pieces, we can help them plan it out um, if they get in early. The toughest thing that when we see is a student come in their second semester of junior year. And we're like, do you plan to graduate on time? Because if you do, you only have one more semester to actually work with. And then by your senior year, you are literally just trying to get those last couple classes done. And if we can't get those classes done overseas, then you have a choice to make either graduate late, either do different things, or it turns into, in a sense, a great graduation trip afterwards. So the key that I would tell parents is it's feasible. It is financially feasible. It's academically feasible. But get your son or daughter to get in that office early because we can work with them the entire way. It is feasible for every student. But sometimes they don't want to go abroad. Sometimes, especially in freshman year, sometimes it's that's too far away. We, we actually offer quite a number of domestic programs. We offer programs in Hawaii, in Pine Ridge, which is then learning about Native American lands, religion, and culture. Um, we offer programs in New York and L.A. So there are different things. Um, I think we're actually building one. Not I think, I know. We're building one for Alaska this year, you know. And so looking at sciences and culture in Alaska. So there are numerous ways that they can stay right in the U.S. and still participate. Thank you. That, that was awesome. A follow-up question to that is for parents and students that don't have the Belmont experience, maybe they're at a different institution that doesn't have as much of a full-fledged semester abroad program or department, what can they do to do the legwork on their own to find different semester abroads they want to go on or experiences that they want to go do? That's a great, that's a great um, point because um, typically on most institutions, now study abroad has grown so much in the U.S. that 
almost every institution has a study abroad office. So it is actually the same thing, though, is they need to get into their academic advisor as well as whoever manages those those study abroad experiences. And those conversations need to start early. So it actually doesn't matter which institution, start early. Because if you start early, just like anything else, you can actually, it almost becomes like puzzle pieces. I tell people a lot. It's like a puzzle piece. And so you've got to plug the pieces in to make your, your in a sense, your academic plan make sense. And then you have to analyze each piece to analyze, can I take that here? Do I take that abroad? And so then it's really then organizing every single piece of that experience, but on every campus. And then there sometimes there are smaller institutions which not with not as many programs, but there are quite a number of experiences that then they can actually, we call them providers because they provide a service, but there's quite a number of things that um, even students at other institutions who may not have a dedicated office with numerous programs that they build themselves, that then they can actually go participate and then transfer those credits back in. So if you think about it in that manner, it's like a community college transferring your credits back in. So you can participate in those just like any other summer that you may want to take a community college class close to home and transfer it in. Same experience that you would do. Um, So if they don't have full offices, things in that matter, it then becomes who actually runs these things? Who are these independent companies that run? Can I take that class and will it transfer like if I went to a community college? Well, our last question here for you today is, if you could choose to study abroad in any country in the world, where would you go and why? I would say New Zealand. It is, um, most students choose Australia because they've always heard Sydney, they've always heard all these things. But students that then look at the two and choose New Zealand, definitely always communicate. It is much, it was much more of a rich experience than Sydney. And the reason why is New Zealand actually offers a lot more um, and people just don't know it. So it's this hidden gem that literally is, um, you think about, we're a little bit older, but what's the movies, the the dwarfs, the dwarfs, the, I know, totally. Thank you. (laughs) So you think about it, you have Lord of the Rings. That's where Lord of the Rings was filmed. And so you have this gorgeous countryside, but then you also have these amazing beaches and coastal communities. And then you have such amazing Maori culture. Um, And to watch even New Zealanders, how they infuse Maori culture in with, in a sense, Western cultures, everything else, and how they they live their lives, how they think. Um, It is just fascinating. Um, All of our students that actually think between New Zealand and Australia, by far, they always say, I'm so glad I chose New Zealand over Australia. The nice thing is, it's only an hour and a half flight. And so if they do want to go to Australia, they can always hop a flight, go to Sydney for a weekend, and then go back to New Zealand. Um, Also, New Zealand is cheaper. And so when students even look at prices to say cost of living is actually cheaper in New Zealand and it's just much more of a laid back pace. Um, And what we do find is actually New Zealanders are actually more like Americans than Australians are. And so when students actually um, integrate into culture, like it was a really easy transition. New Zealand by far. I personally love that answer because New Zealand is actually where I did my semester abroad and it was hands down one of the best experiences of my life. New Zealand is such a 
beautiful place to go. And there's just so much diversity and culture and everything there. Highly recommend it and agree with your answer. Well, we could talk about studying abroad for hours because each of us in the room today have really valued our experiences abroad. Um, But as we wrap up this episode, we just want to thank you for taking time to be a guest on our show today. If you want to learn more, you can check out our other The College Parent Podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.